Hi, this is Adam Welch of Second Dimension, and you're listening to The Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC, and each episode I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their passion for Sega. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sega Lounge. I hope you've all been doing well and keeping safe with all this virus madness going around. Don't forget to wash your hands before and after you listen to this podcast. Alternatively, you can just subscribe to the Sega Lounge on your favorite podcatcher, and that will also increase your life expectancy by a couple of hours. As mentioned in last week's episode, I have news on a very special event, which includes news on next week's episode. So for more on that, please stick around till the end, and I'll spill the beans on everything. If you're new around here, I'm KC, and this is an interview show dedicated to Sega. That means I sometimes talk to Sega staff, others to community remixers or artists, but it also means sometimes we take a look at new games people are developing for retro Sega consoles. And that is exactly what's happening this week. My guest this week is Adam Welch from Second Dimension Games, and he is here to talk about Ira, the Crow Maiden. This is a game that is being funded through Kickstarter. There are still 10 days to go, and it got funded in about a day. It was originally an NES game, but it hit one of its stretch goals, and it's now coming to the Mega Drive slash Genesis as well. The original goal was $5,500, but over 330 people have pledged over $23,000 so far, so it's pretty much funded. Ira and the Crow Maiden is an action-slash-platforming game with a theme and a protagonist reminiscent of Golden Axe and Conan the Barbarian. You can check it out on Kickstarter, and to learn more about the development process as well as the project lead, Adam, stick around and listen to the interview coming up next. Hello, Adam. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for for coming on the show. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you today because you're here to uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, an upcoming game uh, for several different platforms, Ira, the Crow Maiden. But before we get into that, uh, and so we can all get to know you a little bit better, uh, would you like to introduce yourself as in um, your gamer background? How did you start gaming? Uh, why? Sure, sure. So I began gaming when I was a wee little lad. Um, the earliest memory I have of gaming was probably when I was three or four playing asteroids on the atari 2600 back in the mid 80s um awesome and that's really all that took to get me hooked into video games and then nintendo came out and super nintendo and as the years progressed i just got more interested in the design aspect of them um programming them the artwork how to animate it what the hardware was like to work with and uh Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, awesome. So what would you say is your favorite game? Especially oh, when a... you, you think about retro games, what would you say is, is the biggest one for you? Oh, God, there's, there's going to be three of three games that there's a three-way tie with, and that's Mega Man 2, mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers 3, mm -hmm. and Super Mario World. Okay. Um, would you like I, to expand I, on that? Why? <laughs> sure, sure. So <laughs> Mega Man 2 is probably one of the earliest Nintendo games I remember playing. And it was from probably my first childhood friendship that I formed. I was probably like five or six. And my neighbor had uh, actually probably, probably a little older. Um, but my neighbor had a copy of the game and we would play it on the weekends when he came over to visit his father. And that was a game that we always played. And that'll always be a special game for me. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, I got that for Christmas the year it came out. And I woke up my mom, my entire family screaming, you know, at like three in the morning, you know, Santa came, let's open presents. She handed me Mario three. It was the only game I opened up that morning. I popped around the Nintendo and played from start to finish all day. And then attended the rest of the, the Christmas activities <laughs> and super Mario world. I mean, there's just not much to say that everybody doesn't already know about it. It's a great game. Yeah. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. So those are the, the three top ones for you. Uh, you mentioned you started getting interest uh, or interested in, in developing and designing games. Uh, so it, was that your first job? Was that the first thing that you ever did professionally? No, so professionally, the first thing I ever did, is I worked at a hospital as a file clerk. Um, sure. When that didn't work out, <laughs> I... <laughs> Um, when that didn't work out, I moved down um, south to Virginia. I live in Connecticut, um, and I moved back to Connecticut eventually um, to work at the shipyard down there. And I also um, joined a band at that time that got fairly popular on the scene in the early 2000s down there. And then when that didn't work out, I moved back to Connecticut, went back to college um, for computers and programming. And my first computer-related job was working at a local computer shop as the in-house programmer slash technician. Okay, yeah. So how did that uh, turn into a, an industry job, a video game industry job? So um, a few years later, I would get the um, a job that I currently hold working as a database administrator and application developer. Um but in the early 2010s i was struggling financially and um I, I needed to find a way to make some money to keep my house that winter so i had looked up um video game stuff because i was still i was still collecting at that point um still playing the retro games and just out of nowhere i was like you know let's see if, if people are if you can even make a nintendo game today and then i learned about battle kid and Pierre Solar and a bunch of other people, you know, creating these new games for these old systems. Yeah. And I started my research on that. And for whatever reason, the Sega Genesis development came right to me naturally. Oh, interesting. So you, you looked for, you were looking for ways to develop for Nintendo systems, but you eventually came up with uh, or started developing for Genesis. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Yep. What, um, why, the, the why the, the change? Pardon? Why the change? Well, so back in like 2010, 2011, development on these consoles was still pretty primitive. A lot of it was assembly um, tutorials and, and how to write programs in assembly, which was completely foreign to me. I was, I was familiar with um, basic uh C, C++, and, and programs like that, much higher languages. And all of the Nintendo hardware is, is fairly complex, and people just use assembly to, to work with it mostly. I believe there's a C compiler out there for Nintendo and possibly Super Nintendo as well. Um, and for the Sega Genesis, there was a basic compiler that was very easy to use. And so you started... With that, right? Well, that's what where was, I started. Yep. What was the first thing that you ever created? Oh God, this is almost embarrassing. It was Hangman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Like a a, a, a word game? It, it, it was yeah. a, a single player word game Hangman with over a thousand puzzles to to randomly throw at you. Oh, that's nice. Was it single player? Yeah. Yeah, it was single player. So you just sat there and tried to to guess the the, the words, right? Yep, that's exactly okay. what it is. Okay. And then Simple. if you, you if, if you miss, it starts drawing the the hangman graphics to to hang your man. Yeah, like like a, a stick figure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. That that sounds like a, a simple but effective idea. I would say it was, and <laughs> um, a few of my friends um that lived the next day over. They they liked what I was doing. They're like, hey, we could put this on cartridge for you. I was like, shut up, no way. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, dude, check it out. And they did. They sent they they brought over a copy. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is awesome. And we did a little uh, a little run of them, probably like fifty or so copies that sold out instantly. To my my big surprise, and that helped me pay for for heating my home that winter, as well as got me into actually like developing for these retro consoles. Awesome, awesome. With with such a simple initial project, so that's yep. amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so you're now um, uh, you're the man behind Second Dimension, right? So that's the the name of your company. Yes. Um, yeah. I first started off under the the name Airwalk Studios. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had gotten some mixed responses with the name, and overall, I mean, it, it was a good learning experience. And then in 2015, I figured it was time to really take the dive and register a name. And because Airwalk is kind of like after the show, the skateboarding show. Okay. I wanted to come up with a different name. So me and another friend had talked for a little while and he threw out the name Second Dimension. And it stuck. And that's a good one. A good name. Yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 And it describes what we do. We do two-dimensional games. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes even more sense that when that what I was thinking. I was thinking of about a different thing, but yeah, like you were creating a different dimension where people could play. But yeah, <laughs> okay, that's a that's an that, interesting that, take on it. I like you know, it. <laughs> you can use you can use that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I'll give you my bank account after the, the interview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> tell me. Um, tell me a little bit about Second Dimension. So what games have you worked on? Um, if, if people go to your website, they can see a lot of different uh, projects, past projects, some of them through Kickstarter as well. Um, so can you, can you give me a quick rundown of what uh, projects you've worked on in the past? Sure. So um, if you look through the website, I'll try not to go through every little game. Um, I, I programmed Handy Harvey uh, for the Sega Genesis, which is a copy left version, I guess they call it, of Fix-It Felix. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, you know, brand new characters, brand new story, but it's the same game concept. Um, and I also had worked with um, my friend who runs Slide Dog Studios to make a Nintendo version of it called Get Him Gary. And we kind of made a small little world between those two games. Um, you know, just, just to have and do. Mm -hmm. um, and then a friend of mine had obtained the rights to Socks the Cat for Super Nintendo. And he ran a Kickstarter on that. He asked me to manufacture the cartridges and everything for it. So, um, that's another part of what Second Dimension does as well as we do manufacturing and publication of other people's games for them. Okay. Okay. Um, so, by the way, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I had to look this up. Socks the Cat is uh, or was Bill Clinton's cat, right? Correct. Okay. And there's a game based on that. Yeah. So, back in the 90s, <laughs> a game studio named Kaneko decided to make a game based on Socks the Cat. And for whatever reason, whether it was the political climate in the, the mid-90s or the studio went under or what, for whatever reason, the game never got released. Um, a member on the now gone but changed name of Nintendo Age um, had obtained a prototype of Socks the Cat. And my my buddy acquired the rights. He bought the the prototype off of this person, and it, it's a fun game. It, it actually surprised us quite a bit that this game never came out. Um, the game still needed some work. There was some design choices still left in there that they that they never finalized, and there were a few game breaking bugs that had to get reworked out as well to make the game fully playable. Okay. The description reads, the nuclear launch codes have been stolen, and it's your job to find out who stole them in this clawsome adventure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. I, I have to try this one. <laughs> Sucks the cat rocks the hill. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's such a perfect it's, 90s cheesy yeah, storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clearly political. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and and the, the game holds no reservations at taking taking shots at the political figures and <laughs> in the 90s i mean you fight ollie north for example <laughs> amazing amazing okay so we have sucks the cat uh one that i i actually found uh, interesting family picross yes what did you do with with this one did you develop it uh no so that was actually developed by fg soft mm -hmm. and I ended up purchasing the rights of the game off of him. 
and ended up doing a Kickstarter and and produced and released that game as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I like Picross. That's why I mentioned this one. <laughs> I'm a big there is fan. over a hundred Picross puzzles in this game, so it will keep you busy for hours. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay, uh, going a, a little uh, further in, in time. So you, for example. One of the previous or more recent projects you've worked on, uh, The Curse of Ilmur Bay, right? Yes. Uh, so what is this about? So this is a Kickstarter that we launched last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, about, about this time last year. Um, it's inspired by your 90s horror cartoons and, and just some of the games that we loved from back in the day, all mixed into one for more or less a Halloween-themed action platforming game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I, I saw that this was uh, funded in a day. Right? Yes. In 24 hours on Kickstarter. Yep. That's quite impressive, right? Uh, it took it completely surprised us. <laughs> and so uh, when is this coming out? Uh, so we just finished with all of the core levels this week. Um, oh, to they're they're not a hundred percent done like i still have to put in the enemies and the items and and so on but these are the first version of the final levels so now i'm going to be putting them into the game to play through them to see how they feel with the power-ups that you have when you reach those stages to make sure that it's all balanced out you can access what you need to and and so on and so forth so we're still on track to release in june for the curse of elmore bay okay okay very good awesome so uh yeah this is another one that is uh that will be released for the genesis right so uh by the way a question um do you release all these games physically do you have digital versions as well how does this work uh, so we release all these games physically so you can purchase the actual cartridge um, complete in box versions of these games mm-hmm. and recently um, we started doing ROM releases as well uh, it was something that I had toyed with uh, an idea I wanted to to do and I was toying with the last year or so um, but my current my website at the time wasn't really capable to really do something like that and then when we redesigned the website earlier this year, it was a perfect time to go ahead and make those additions. So I put on the ROM packages for, I think, all the games that, that are released on there that I have. And so now you can get them in both spots. And I've also done um, a digital package on Steam. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we'll, we'll try to get links for all of that in the, the show description, in the show notes. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good one that's coming up soon. So you've tried Kickstarter. Uh, this is not the first time with Ira, the Crow Maiden. Why do you think Kickstarter is a, a good platform for, for example, indie developers like you? Well, uh, there, there's a lot of reasons. Um, and, and there's a lot of reasons to not like Kickstarter either, but... <laughs> I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, for for us personally... It helps us to see if there's an interest in what we're doing. And if there is, it lets us know more or less what we can do and offer 
to our, our fans and for a new project. Um, it helps with the financing. So we're not strapped on cash throughout the rest of the year or what for the duration of the project. Um, and, and it helps us let us expand into bigger and better projects mm-hmm. because all the profits that come off of these games get soaked right back into the next project. Okay. So from what I can see, you uh, when you launched the Kickstarter project, you already have a lot of work done uh, on the games, right? We try to. Um, Ira is a little bit different because we um, weren't planning on doing a Sega Genesis version. So um, our friends over at FGSoft, they're doing the development of it, and I'm just kind of overseeing it mm-hmm. with um, our, our with Second Dimensions artist Javier, um, who who's doing the graphics for everything. He came up with this story. He he's really he, he he's a powerhouse for Second Dimension. He like. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I was a little bit different, but we, we we like to try to have at least a playable demo, so that way people have an idea of what we're trying to do. Um, Ira was a mis- uh, I made a mistake with Ira by launching it the day that I did, rather than a few days later when we had an actual demo. Um, and, and still, and still, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and still. It, <laughs> Yeah, it, it it got funded in in less than a day again, and has just smashed all expectations that we had for it. Like it's just amazing. Yeah. So why do you think that is? Why why is there such a demand for uh, indie games on older platforms? Uh, I think for a lot of it is people just connect with that kind of a game in that system because that's what they grew up with. Um. And then you have the the younger crowd, which never really got to experience these games growing up unless their parents had them. And they see it as a breakaway from the normal 3D games that, that we get all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Second Dimension, we've seemed to, to be getting a, a bigger following with each release. So that's also helping with this as well. So people have been, uh, you know, following you since uh, pre- previous releases, and now they just want something that you guys make, right? Yeah, um, this campaign brought out a few individuals that came to the website and purchased every copy of every game on the website that they they missed in previous years. Awesome, <laughs> amazing! So it's really cool to see that in action. Yeah, and we are forever grateful for that, of course. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the the origin of this project, Ira the Crow Maiden. Why uh, all of these uh, little elements? Why a female character? Why a crow? Why the genre? Uh, so Javier came up with the concept. It was actually part of a bigger project that he was working on um, that he had just taken this little part of to focus on. And we're actually working on our next game um, when he said to me, he goes, hey, do you think it'd be possible to make a Game Boy game? I was like, well, of course it's possible to make one. Um, I don't know how easy it would be for me, but what's your idea? What's what, what you got? What you're thinking about? So he throws me a bunch of screenshots and graphics that he already did for, for Ira. And he goes, well, I did this. And... It's pretty much aside from the programming, the 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 contents are are all there, the story is there. We just need to program it and it's ready to go. 
And I was like, huh, you know, th this could be a good project to see if we could, you know, do for Nintendo or another, because it was originally for Game Boy, but I don't know any, I didn't know any Game Boy developers. And I'm not about to go learn a new language while I'm working on Ilmore still. Because <laughs> uh, um, that, would, that would just anger a lot of people. And I, I do not want to anger anybody. Um, <laughs> so I reached out to um, the Pcross developers, FGSoft, and asked him um, if he would be interested in doing another project with us. And he asked what it was. I told him a little bit about it, showed him some of the mock-ups that we did. And he was on board. So it all started kind of coming together fairly quick. And next thing you know, it's being worked on for the Nintendo. Yeah. And then uh, you added some stretch goals and people wanted to see a, a Genesis release as well, right? They sure did. <laughs> they sure did. And it was interesting because we got funded for the NES version within the first day. And then there was a lot of chatter um, in some of the, the forums and, and, and group, Facebook groups I'm in saying, you know, oh, this looks fun. Too bad you didn't hit that Genesis stretch goal yet. When it does, we'll back it. I was like, all right, well, that's cool. <laughs> um, and I I'm not sure how fast it got funded. I mean, it was within the first three or four days, I think, um, that we hit the, the Sega Genesis stretch goal. And I knew once that we hit that, that the those that were saying that they want the Genesis version would shoot us up to the Super Nintendo tier. Okay. Yeah. And, and, th and they did as well. <laughs> yeah, that I, I think that came by the next morning. I think I had gone to bed, and when I had woken up, we had already hit the Super Nintendo stretch goal. So sweet dreams all around. <laughs> uh, the, the the first week was so overwhelming. I, I, we weren't expecting as much attention as it got. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, it, we are, again, thankful for, for all of our fans and our supporters and, and believers. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely opened us up to like the whole, wow, yeah. people really are paying attention to us. Okay. Like we need to be on the ball from here on out. Yeah, definitely. Especially since now you have uh, two more games to develop. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, fortunately, uh, our friend Alec Mall is is developing the Super Nintendo version. He did um, the Sydney Hunter games for Collector Vision. Mm -hmm. So he definitely has experience working with the Super Nintendo hardware, and he's been guiding us on what he needs and how to make it all you know a smooth transition for him. And then once that's all done and Elmore's all done, I'll be tackling the Genesis version. Okay, okay. So that that's your baby, right? The Genesis version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's your expertise. the Genesis version. Like we're we're we're, not, we're we're definitely not trying to have scope creep take over and, and bog us down with things that we shouldn't have been working into the game. Um. So so it's good that we've set our limits on that, but at the same time, because I'm the one developing it, I can asking myself to do all sorts of funny little things that I wouldn't dare ask the other developers to do. So what you're saying is uh, play the Genesis version because you're going to add everything to it. No, no, no. <laughs> play, play, play all the versions, actually. Play all the versions. Um, uh, but the Super Nintendo and Genesis version will be very, very similar to each other. Mm -hmm. The only difference is, um, is we're going to try to do a Sega Genesis specific level. 
and the okay. Super Nintendo specific level since we reached the the stretch goals for the two extra levels. Oh, I was going to ask about that. So two uh, new levels means one for each version of the game. No, that's two levels each. Oh. And so are they... So one of them is exclusive to the, the platform and the other is the same? Yeah, so we're going to do um, a level that's going to be in both the Sega and Super Nintendo version. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do a level each, one for the Super Nintendo, one for the Sega, that will be unique to those platforms. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Okay. And so you're only, uh, like, I, I at the time of this recording, a little bit under $2,000 away from the last stretch goal. Right. So you have, uh, the last stretch goal is $25,000, and um, the reward is... Vehicle stages on 16-bit versions. So that's another one. Do you think you'll make it with uh, 12 days to go? Um, I think so. Uh, the the <laughs> campaign has definitely slowed down in the last week. Um, but that's okay. Um, I think we might make it. I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. If we do end up making it, there are some more stretch goals to be added to the oh. list. Um. One of them, I would love to do foiled boxes for the limited editions. Mm. Um, but foiling is very expensive. So it's it's something I want to do, <clears throat> but not something I'm sure I can do for this project. Yeah. Unless everyone just starts, you know, backing this project again. and Right. And yeah. I, I think if we were going to do foiling this at this up. point... It would be for probably every copy that's for the Kickstarter. Okay. Not just the limited editions, but um I mean that that's that's something that we can worry about if we if we need to add another stretch goal. Mm-hmm. Um so well we'll see. Um I hope we do. It'd be cool to have like a scroll auto scrolling vehicle type level in there. Yeah. Awesome. So Get on, people. <laughs> people can uh, actually pledge as little as $1 as per usual, but then uh, starting at $10, they start getting the game. Like, um, So you get the digital, digital copy of the NES version, the NES version, right? At yep. $10. Um, or the Genesis one, or the SNES one. And then... Uh, with uh, $18, people get more things. They get two versions, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah. believe that's what it was. NES and Sega. Yeah. yeah, and there should be one for NES and Super NES, and there should also mm-hmm. be one for Super Nintendo and Genesis. And... Okay, yeah. And then uh, if you're really into this, you can um, support the game with by pledging. So what's the top tier the top tier, I believe, is $1,000 if you wanted to be um, a person that you're saved, that's saved throughout the game in all the versions. Mm-hmm. Or the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis version. We can't promise an NES version. Yeah. It's more limited, right? So Right. And it's already jam-packed. <laughs> okay. Excellent. So that's how people can get behind this. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but um, we'll, we'll need to take a break. Adam, but before that, I like to um, play a little game with my uh, 
uh, guests called Quick Shots. Oh boy! It's just a rapid fire uh, round, if you will. I will give you some words or expressions, and what I want you to do is to tell me the first thing that pops into your mind when you hear. Oh, them. okay. Okay. So the first one. Are you ready? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, okay. let's give this a shot. So, video games. First thing that pops into my head when you say video games is the classic franchise characters: Bonk. Mario, Sonic, Yoshi, and so on. Excellent. Good answer. Another one. Nintendo. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Mario. Nintendo is the Mario machine. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Uh, to spice things up a bit. Sega. Ooh. Shining Force. Oh. Shining Forest was one of my favorite Genesis games. Uh, I, I love role-playing games, Final Fantasy, Shining Forest, all those. But as I get older, I lean towards the other ones that are easier to, to fit into your busy schedules. Um, <laughs> but Shining Force, that that was a game my friends and I, through junior high and high school, would just play all the time. We knew that game inside and out. You know, I think that's uh, that's the main reason why I never really got uh, that much into JRPGs because I missed Shining Force. Because almost everyone I know uh, loves Shining Force, and I never played that. So, uh, and I, I tried in the in the most recent years to get into that, but it's a little bit difficult for me. I'm not sure. I need to try harder because everyone says it's a great series. It is. Um, it's also not the easiest series to jump into either. Yeah. Um, I, I, like the like the first few times I played it, it, it was almost a turnoff at how bad I was getting my butt kicked in some of the earlier fights. But <laughs> simpler times, though. We we played everything, and we were were good at it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay, another one for you, Mario. I'm gonna go with Super Mario World and Yoshi. Those are the first things that pop in my, my mind. Awesome, awesome. Another one, Kickstarter. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, our, our own projects here, like Ira and Elmore and, and future ones. Mm -hmm. Okay, two more. First one, Ira the Crow Maiden. Ah, uh, Ira. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to play these games, especially the Nintendo and Super Nintendo version, because I'm not programming them. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that, that's a, a good point. So uh, do you actually try to play your... You obviously have to play your games when you're making them, but uh, when they're all finished, can you actually enjoy them as uh, just a, a regular gamer? Or... Um, Right off the bat... Probably not so much as that I would enjoy them because I've I just spent all this time, you know, buried in code, troubleshooting, programming, playing, testing, tweaking, revising that <clears throat> I don't want to just play it. I just want to, you know, let other people enjoy it and, and be done with it. But um, like with Handy Harvey, uh, like a year or so later, I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to play this because, you know, I haven't even looked at it since I released it, yada, yada. And I played it for a good half hour, 45 minutes. So. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> so, so after a while, after a while, you, you'll go back to them and, and try them out as a Yeah. W- once I get out of the grind yeah. and I've had time away from it, as I can go back and, 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 and then I enjoy it for other reasons too, because when I think of the times that me and the other team members had developing it, the good, the bad, the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's almost like looking through a digital scrapbook of something that we all came together to make. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. One final, um, not a word, a name for you, Adam Welch. Well, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's what pops into your mind when you, when I say this name. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, that's, that's me. me. Okay. <laughs> a humble man. You could have said amazing or awesome or something. Yeah, okay, you're humble. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I would say amazing or awesome. I, I I just like to do what I do. Okay. And I'm glad that other people enjoy it too. Great. Great answer. Great answer. Okay, so Adam, uh, we'll take a quick break now. And when we come back, I have yet another surprise for you. Uh, And a few more questions. (laughs) Sounds good to me. This week's episode of the Sega Lounge is sponsored by the Tomato Convenience Store in Dobuita. It's your one-stop shop for all your everyday needs. Need some food for your cat? Some batteries for your flashlight or a light bulb to light up a creepy basement under your father's dojo? Come to the Tomato Convenience Store in Dobuita. Got a craving for some caramel or chocolate? Need some cassette tapes to jam to your favorite songs? Come to the Tomato Convenience Store in Dobuita. Buy an item and you'll be automatically entered into our raffle. You can win an amazing boombox for your room. It comes in three colors. Tomato Convenience Store in Dobuita. We sell everything but tomatoes. If you're here, it's likely you're a Sega fan. Ever wanted to listen to a radio station that plays nothing but Sega video game music and remixes, lets you request your favorite songs, and even has live shows hosted by other Sega fans? Radio Sega is exactly that. Head over to RadioSega.net and start listening now, or register a free account to create a list of your favorite songs and start requesting. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. And did you know that this year Radio Sega celebrates 10 years of live shows? Welcome back, Adam. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, doing great. Uh, excited for the next part of our interview here. Uh, as I said, we have a surprise. But um, let me ask you another question before that. Have you been playing any games these days? Um. Oh, geez. Retro games, not really. Um, some of the more... Most recent game I've played, I think, is the new Catherine Full Body game. Okay, Sega game. And yeah. uh, and besides that, it was the Dragon Quest Builders one and two. Oh, nice! Yes, 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 yes. Love them. Yeah, quite addictive, I have to say. I haven't actually played two yet, but I was very, very addicted to to the first one. 
on the Switch? Uh, two is a great game, but I and, and it pains me to say this, but one is better in my opinion. Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay, uh, so as I said, we have a surprise. All of our guests have to go through something I like to call the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> uh, you're laughing, but you, you really don't know what's coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid point. <laughs> now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> So what what is the Sega Lounge Challenge, Adam? It can be anything I want, uh, but this week I thought to myself, let's let's take a, a little quiz here. Um, okay. So you you mentioned the Sega Genesis. So you, you played yes. Shining Force. Uh, did you play the Genesis growing up or later? Um, I got the Genesis. I think when I was like twelve or thirteen. Uh huh. So. Um, a fair amount in my youth, I would say. Okay, okay. Would you say are you a, 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 um, a an expert on the the Sega Genesis? Oh man, <laughs> this is a question that can get me in trouble. This is a trick question. Oh, this is such a trick question. <laughs> if I say yes, then you're gonna ask me something silly like, "Oh, who who programmed Outback Joey?" And I'm gonna be like, "The what?" <laughs> um. And if I say no, you're going to be like, dude, you program for it. So <laughs> I'm going to go with maybe. Maybe. That's a good answer. That's a, yeah. Be cautious. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what what I have here are 10 questions, multiple choice questions to help you a little bit. Um, all based around classic Sega Genesis uh, or Mega Drive series or games. Okay. So okay. Uh, let's see how you do. Oh, boy. Adam Welch, are you re ready for the Sega Lodge Challenge? Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever be ready for this challenge, but let's go for it. Yeah, that's the correct answer right there. <laughs> Question number one, Adam. In Sega Classic Golden X, you can choose from three different characters to play the game. X-Battler, fan-favorite Gilius Thunderhead, and an Amazon princess called... Option A, Blaze Fielding. Option B, Tyrese Flair. Option C, Alice Landale. Oh, boy. You, you know, I've played Golden Axe a fair amount, and I can't tell you any of their names. <laughs> so You already know two, X-Battler and, and Gilius Thunderhead. Yeah, but so I, I I'm going to say them. A is probably not it. Mm -hmm. and, and I hope it really isn't. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's going to be a toss-up between B and C. So Tyrus Flair or Alice Landale? I'm going to go with B. Final answer? Final answer. So, Adam, between... Do I, do I, do I get to phone a friend first? Tyrus Flair... You, you, you don't get to phone a friend, unfortunately. So between Tyrus Flair and Alice Landale... You go with Tyrus Flair. Yes. Ah, so close. You're actually correct. Ah. 
That is the correct answer. Well done. Well done, sir. You well, thank it. you. Yeah, one correct answer. Amazing. Number two, question number two. What is the name of the main antagonist in the Streets of Rage series? Have you ever played Streets of Rage? Um, I've played I've played all three. Mm -hmm. I've only ever beaten two. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the the main antagonist is the is the same for all three. So is it A, Mr. X, B, Eagle, or C, Assassin Agent? So when I first beat Streets of Rage 2, I remember thinking that this guy's name was so original and they put a lot of thought into it. I'm pretty sure it's Mr. X. Mm. Final answer. That's my final answer. Okay. I will not keep you waiting because that is obviously the correct answer. <laughs> well done. You're doing great. Two for two. Awesome. <sighs> okay. Okay. Eagle and Assassin Agent are actually... Um, Real names, at least in the game, in the games there there are some of the the enemies that you the thugs that you have to to beat up. Okay. Okay. So question number three. Let's go with Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, in the classic Sonic the Hedgehog games, every time he defeats an enemy robot or badnik, he sets an animal friend free. These all have their own names, like Fleeky the Bird. Mickey the Mouse, and a bear. Adam, what is the name of the bear? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so the options are A, Becky, B, Yogi, C, Honey. So Becky the bear, Yogi the bear, or Honey the bear? Well, growing up, I used to watch a lot of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. I don't think he's called Yogi. Um, I, I, yeah, I thought you would say that, but they they named the mouse Mickey, so. That is true. That is, that, that, that's a valid point. <laughs> Man, you just threw my game off. <laughs> that's what I'm You, like, for. reverse logic to me. <laughs> the one that sticks out sounding like it fits would be A. So, Becky? Becky the bear? Oh, mm, maybe it's not. Oh, jeez. Let, let's go with C. Honey. Honey the yeah, bear. Yeah, let's go with Honey the bear. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get my first L, my first wrong. So, Adam, your answer is... Incorrect, unfortunately. It was Becky. Becky the oh. bear. Yes, yes. Yogi was obviously not the answer, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Becky the bear was the correct one. So that's. Should have gone with that. Yeah, you should have. Uh, follow your instincts. Uh, no, no biggie. Number four. Everyone's familiar with the Konami code. But what. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, but what what combination of buttons should you press if you want to access <laughs> the level select menu in Sonic the Hedgehog or Sonic One on the Genesis? I'm laughing, but it's it, there's a possibility you know this one. So, you, you know, I I've done it in the past, uh -huh. but I've had to look at the screen while doing it. Okay. So, so I, I will I will give you three options. 
Okay, so option A. Down, up, right, left, and A plus start at the same time. Up, down, right, left, A plus start. Up, down, left, right, A plus start. <laughs> so I will repeat the options. Down, up, right, left, A plus start. Up, down, right, left, A plus start. Or up, down, left, right, A plus start. You can hmm. see now why I was laughing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez. Uh, so. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to just throw a wild guess out there and say C. So up, down, left, right, A plus start. Yep. Okay. This is actually the correct answer. All right. Up, down, left, right, A plus start. That is the correct uh, level select cheat in Sonic 1 on the Genesis. Good. Okay, number five. Adam, what is the name of the game that was released in 1995 for the Mega Drive or Genesis and has you playing as some kind of robot in charge of disposing of toxic sludge? Okay, this is the... This is the, the robot's job, disposing of toxic sludge. Doesn't really mean that you do this in the game, but that's the robot's job. So is it A, Pulse Man, B, Vector Man, or C, Ray Man? All the mans. Well, I know it's not Pulse Man, and it's not... Hmm. I don't think it's Rayman. I'm going to go with Vector Man as my final answer. Vector Man, final answer. You're you're pretty confident there, I think. I, I think so. Yeah. And you're right. That is the correct answer. Vector Man. Oh. Yes. See, uh, Vector Man is an Orbot, uh, and his job is to dispose of toxic sludge by sending it to the sun. But then he uh, has to save the Earth. Uh as you do, obviously. Okay, question number six. You're doing great, by the way. So only one incorrect answer so far. Awesome. All right. And we're halfway there. Question number six. What is the name of the protagonist of the game Comics Zone? Option A, Sketch Turner. Option B, Axel Turner. Option C, Adam Turner. I'm going to go with A. For any particular reason? Uh, the other two sound like Streets of Rage characters. Fair enough. That is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, Comic Zone and Sketchster. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've never beaten the game. The game is absolutely brutal. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. There, there's but, a cheat as well, a cheat code as well. But yeah, but, it's, but visually, it's yeah. one. It's really good. I, I, I love the way the game looks. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and the music as well. The, the soundtrack is great as well. Okay, question number seven. Adam, what is the full title of the 1995 RPG Fantasy Star 4? So is it Fantasy Star 4, The End of the Generation? Is it Fantasy Star 4, The End of the Millennium? 
or is it Phantasy Star for the end of the universe? Uh, end of the generation of the millennium or the universe? I'm going to go again with A. Oh, mm. B. Millennium. Mm -hmm. Final answer. Final answer. Why? Why Millennium? Would it help if I say I'm looking right at it? <laughs> so, do you have it? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> But that is correct, actually. That's the correct answer. The end of the Millennium. Yeah. Uh, Fantasy Star 3 was Generations of Doom. Yeah, yeah I, I knew one of them was a generation. I just yeah, that was the, the curveball there. Yeah. And then that, there that was, was a tough Fantasy one. Star Universe, but that was later. So yeah. Okay. Question number eight. You're doing very, very good so far. In 1993, Konami released a game star starring an opossum who carries a sword and a jetpack called Rocket Knight Adventures. <laughs> They sure did. What is the name of that character? Sparkster. So option A, Axel. Option B, Pulseman. Option C, Sparkster. <laughs> I'm going to go with C. <laughs> that is correct. Obviously. You're crushing it. Awesome, I love awesome. that game. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play the sequel? Sparkster? <laughs> uh, I played the one on Super Nintendo, but not on Genesis. They're different games, yeah. But I, I, yeah. I, I love... I, I actually played the sequel first, so I love Sparkster. Okay. One of my, one of my favorite uh, Genesis games. Yeah, but the first one is really good as well. Okay, so that's Sparkster. Awesome. Uh, question number nine. Almost there. Monster World 4. Have you ever played Monster World 4, Adam? I have played probably about an hour or two into it. Okay. So Monster World 4 is an action game that at the time, in the 90s, was only released in Japan. In it, you play as a female character called... Option A, Alice. Option B, Asha. Option C, Azel. Ooh, it's been a long time since I played that game. I'm going to go with Asha B. Final answer. Final answer. You're absolutely sure. No, but I'm still going with it. <laughs> <laughs> And you're correct. Amazing. All right. Amazing. Okay. Final question. This is somehow related to Sonic the Hedgehog, but... Not the, it always is not exactly the, the, the classic game. So, question is which of the following characters is not playable in the 2018 game Sonic Mania Plus? Oh, geez, is it A Knuckles the Echidna, B Amy Rose, or C Ray the Flying Squirrel? Oh, geez, Knuckles makes sense as a playable character. Sonic Amy Mania Rose. Plus. I'm going to say Amy Rose isn't. Mm -hmm. So you think Knuckles and Ray, the flying squirrel, are playable in Sonic yes. Mania Plus? Yes. And I have to tell you, my friend, that your answer is 
Correct. All right. That's it. Well done. Well done. Nine out of ten. Awesome. Awesome. Has anybody gotten them all yet? Uh, It depends on how hard I make this. (laughs) (laughs) Usually no one gets everything right. But (laughs) But I, I, I think... I think... Some people have, yeah. It, it's not always a quiz as well. I sometimes switch things up, but yeah. Uh, awesome, amazing. Thank you very much, Adam, for taking part in the Sega Lounge Challenge. So you get the Sega Lounge seal of approval. I will send you that seal of approval uh, after the interview so you can keep it as a token of my appreciation. Awesome. <laughs> okay. What would you have given me if I failed? Uh, I would probably... <laughs> Would have given you the same thing as well because I appreciate Locked the doors you, man. and kick me out. No, I appreciate you, man. Anyway, yeah, no matter the result, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, let, let's talk about um, future projects. So, do you have anything uh, that you're working on? You've already talked about Ira, you've talked about um, Curse of Ilmer Bay, right? Yeah, so, um. Javier had already started working on graphics for our next project. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, 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 and that's when he brought up um, Ira and he's like, Hey, just for something as an in between, so we can delay this Kickstarter even, even more. <laughs> what about, you know, I, you laugh, but I mean, we, we wanted to launch this, this other Kickstarter back in January. And we, we both knew it was the wrong time to do it. Um, and, and we were doing all we could to prevent from having to do it. But the next game that we're we're gonna um do is an RPG called Affinity Sorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be you know a, a traditional JRPG style influence um game. Uh, I don't want to give too much of it out. Um, but we did hire on a legendary composer. Oh, so we will have somebody who worked on some big name titles in the '90s composing the title track for this game. Okay, as a Sega fan, uh, would I know of this person? You know, I'm not sure what if he if he did any work on the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the company he was with at the time. As far as I know, never released a game on the Genesis. Okay, okay, that makes me even more intrigued. Okay, because I, I I don't know, I really don't know who it is. Okay, who he is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that that's coming um, later, right? So you have to finish some other projects. Um, are you planning on releasing it on uh, retro consoles as well, classic consoles or modern systems? So the intent is for the Sega Genesis. Um, great, great. Past that, I guess we'll cross that bridge when the time comes. Yeah. It'll depend um, on people, on the people who, who back the project, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, we'll, of course, put it out as a ROM and on Steam through some sort of um, emulator like we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, as for like an actual full blown PC version or on a newer console, um, that's all up in the air. Okay, 
That brings me to to my next question. Uh, have you ever considered releasing any of your previous or current games you're working on on something like, for example, the Switch or um, making it uh, making it a full blown PC version of them? Um, a full blown PC version, probably not. Mm-hmm. The other day, I actually inquired um, about putting games onto the Switch eShop through um, one of my friends who has done it in the past. And the application for approval, I guess, could take up to a year from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so it's one of those things I should get on the ball and, and at least prepare for for future titles. Mm-hmm. But for current stuff, probably not. Mm-hmm. At least not yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thinking about your own projects, your own games, uh, and some that we've you know had on the show before, and some that we have not. There are a lot of uh, new people developing games for retro consoles. Um, why do you think this is a good time to to do that? Why do you think? Um, that from a developer point of view, this is the right time to be developing games for, for the Genesis, for the NES, the SNES? Um, the last few years have definitely been peak nostalgia for these retro games. And it doesn't seem like that's going away. Maybe the, the, the peak of it is over, but I don't think these games and these style of games will ever become obsolete. There's always going to be a fresh set of eyes that enter the scene that has a fresh idea on how to take those old limitations and use it to his benefit or her benefit. Um, And people dig and people, people dig it because you don't have to actually have the hardware anymore. You can play on the PC. And a lot of these new developers are offering the digital versions and it's attracting newer people that just wouldn't play them otherwise. That's true. That's true. That makes sense. Yeah. So if if anyone wants to develop a game for Genesis or NES or whatever, this is the right time to do it. So get on it, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of support from the people that make the tools currently. Um, I'm still supporting a second basic for, for the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new version is going to be coming out probably by the end of the month with some bug fixes, um, better help documentation, yada, yada. Um, you know, I know Steph is still active in the scene with his, his seed compiler um, for, for the Genesis. And then you have uh, NES, ASM and uh, NES maker um, to make Nintendo games. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tools available for people just to, to get right into it. Yeah, that's it. It's it's easier now, so that's oh yeah, it's that's, definitely that's easier. also a a good point. Yeah, okay, um, and, and it's easier to make your own physical copies of these games too. I mean, there there's a handful of people that sell the sell PCBs. You can buy your EPROMs on eBay. All you need is a soldering gun and some soldering. <laughs> that's really it. Yeah, awesome. So it's a good time for this stuff. Okay. 
Awesome. So, Adam, how can people um, get behind Ira the Crow Maiden? Uh, to remind everyone, it's an NE, an upcoming NES, SNES, and Genesis game. So, for all your you Sega fans out there, uh, this is also a Genesis game. So, how can people get behind this? There's still time until the Kickstarter is over, right? Yeah, you can. Um... You know, if you're interested in the game and you want a physical copy, you can you can back a tier with a physical copy. Uh, if you want a ROM, there's those tiers as well. Or uh, if you just want to say, "Hey, good luck." I mean, we appreciate that those sentiments as well. So, yeah. So, and uh, I'll, to... I'll get you the link for the campaign. Yeah, just go to the link in the description of the show and and get to it. Yeah. Uh, at the time of this recording, twelve days to go. Probably when this uh, show is up, around 10 days to go uh, for this Kickstarter project, with uh, a little under $2,000 to go to uh, hit that stretch goal of vehicle stages, right, for, for the 16-bit versions. So that's, that's great. Awesome. Uh, Adam, anything you'd like to say to the fans? Any, any last words for anyone listening in? Who's interested uh, in this? Yeah, I mean, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's who's back and supported the project for the for the criticisms and the the compliments and, and just being believers and enjoying what we do. I mean, there's really nothing more we can ask for that, and we we love seeing people get into this stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So this is the last question. I always ask this question to all my guests. So back in the 90s, uh, Sega's marketing team um, promoted the, the Genesis as having a blast processing, right? Sure did. Yeah. So if you, if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? Hmm. <laughs> anything. That's a good question. I'd probably add blast processing to the week to make the weekends come faster. <laughs> okay, that, that's that's a, 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 a an original answer. Actually, I don't <laughs> think anyone has ever said that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I there are a few times where I, I would have loved to have that. Yeah, available to me. I I get behind the, this idea. <laughs> I support this man. Yes. <laughs> Okay, Adam, thank you very much for coming on the Sega Lounge. Uh, hey, thanks for having us. Awesome, awesome job on the Sega Lounge Challenge as well. All the best for Ira. Uh, and, you know, uh, since you're releasing uh, uh, an RPG soon, I think there, that's a, a good enough reason for you to come back then and talk about it as well. <laughs> of course. Awesome. Thank you so happy much. To. Thank you so much. And all the best for the project. Likewise. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, keep on at it. I, I love what you're doing. Thank you.
playing right now is a track from the soundtrack of Ira, the Crow Maiden. It's called Barbaric Temple and it was composed by Miles Davidson aka Famicuber. Thank you once again to Adam Welch of Second Dimension Games for being such a nice and fun guest. You can check out Ira the Crow Maiden on Kickstarter and if you like what you see and if you've enjoyed the interview with Adam, feel free to pledge. All the links to both the project and Second Dimension's website and socials will be in the show notes. And now for the news you've been waiting for. 10 years live. Radio Sega Live's 10-year anniversary event is taking place on the weekend of the 13th to the 15th of March, with many current and past shows and hosts taking part in a celebration of 10 years of Radio Sega Live shows. You can also join the festivities by listening to this special programming on RadioSega.net. However, even if the event officially starts on Friday, there will be a pre-event special presented by a mystery guest, and believe me when I tell you that you don't want to miss this. If you've been around the Radio Sega community for a while, and you're a fan of our live shows, it will blow your mind. What about the Sega Lounge, you ask? Well, we're closing the event on Sunday, and by we, I mean me and three very special guests. Joining me, I will have Resident SD, the OG Radio Sega show host, Andy, host of the Sunday Funday show, and current head of Radio Sega Green Viper 8. In their own ways, they are all an important part of Radio Sega Live history, and we will certainly talk about that. This means next week's episode will be our first special episode of this fifth season and the first roundtable in a while, entirely dedicated to Radio Sega Live's 10 years of programming. It also means next week's episode will be available for download a little bit later, on Sunday, March 15th, in the evening, European time. For the full schedule of our Radio Sega 10 Years Live event, go to radiose.ga slash rslive10. That's radiose.ga slash rslive10. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Feel free to subscribe to the Sega Lounge on your favorite podcast service. And if you enjoy what I'm doing, please leave me a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you all next week for our Radio Sega 10 Years Live Roundtable Special. Bye-bye! The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of radio shows and podcasts. Theme song by OSC. Find them at opensciencecollective.com Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to kc at radiosega.net or send me a voice message on anchor.fm slash thesegalounge. You can find previous episodes of The Sega Lounge by going to anchor.fm slash thesegalounge and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.